0: In the first Tuesday of 2024, I'm going to say that each and every first. <laughs> today is the first day of the new year that we have our show. So welcome to PHY Union Podcast. We've got Tyler Zuli, JP Zapata, myself, Renee Washington. We're all blueed out today, which is a huge coincidence. Exact da, same da, blue. Dee,
1: da,
0: da, da. <laughs> and you know what? I still don't know the words to that song. Because I always thought it was, if I were green, I would die. But then I.
1: So I guess I was a Philly in you there.
0: Um <laughs> <laughs> blue. If I was green, I would die. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, I like yeah. that. I like that. Okay. But it's I don't know. I that don't know.
1: may have been the first <laughs> album my mom bought me. Either that or Britney Spears. It's a fun fact about me. Uh, yeah, yeah. What? So, yeah. Excuse
0: me. Britney, Britney Spears. Britney was Spears. Your first album that you were. It may
1: with? have been. It was either that or the. That I don't even know. Would that what have was that been artist?
0: like a uh, hit me baby one more time?
1: Probably. We're calling 99 fan? I don't think I would say that anymore.
0: Why did you have? Oh, Oh, back then you were. That was a good song.
1: Uh, It was a great song. I mean, I'm not not
0: judging. I'm just, I'm just learning. I'm learning. (laughs) I'm not judging. I'm learning.
1: And now you know my music taste is just one thing. So like, it's crazy how times have
0: changed. (laughs) (laughs) Um, were you okay? Okay. I tried
1: it. I tried. I tried the different eclectic music. I guess.
0: My earliest album that I remember, and ironically, I was just part of my weekend doing like a 90s music karaoke thing, I guess you can say. Okay. Destiny's Child, Jumpin' Jumpin' Days, Bugaboo, Bills, all that. Uh, TLC, of course. Mm. And. that was not Britney Spears, but I would say, oh, Brandy, early Brandy, like Brandy was, Boy Is Mine, sitting up in my room. She was
1: huge. Like, yes. You don't understand Monies how big she was.
0: I know. And I sleep so is my first concert I ever went to.
1: That's fun. That's fun. Kobe, out. year of the as we're in the year of the Mamba here. Kobe's uh, Palm yes,
0: Day. yes, which is still wild to think about. Like, yeah, it's an interesting couple
1: that's how we're starting (laughs) off today guys what's your first album yeah
0: exactly it's all about first it's the first tuesday of the year it's our first show of the year it's our first show matching of the year let me just figure out what other first tyler's like (laughs) i am so that person i have no problem being that person and so uh with that i feel like it's a great time to kind of take a step back and look Mm. at how things closed out 2023 what it's looking like to start out 2024 of course here we'll get into some of our expectations predictions things like that for the for the new year. Uh, we'll have plenty of time to talk about that leading up to the start of the season because I love the early predictions that nobody asked for. That we have no way of proving if they're right or wrong. It's right. just a prediction.
1: That is correct. That's correct. It's it's gonna be an important all season, as we all know. Coming off the year that we had, it was a little bit disappointing. We didn't mm-hmm. take a step back technically. So for Ernst and and I guess for for the union fans in general, like we're sitting here waiting, like, what is gonna be different? How are we gonna get back to the MLS Cup? And a lot of moves to be made uh maybe some re-signings as well it's it's a weird spot that the union are in and and it 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 started i guess a month ago but everyone knows that earns in the union typically January heading into sp- into training camp that's when the signings do start to happen so
0: mm-hmm. knock on wood
1: maybe we do get something to talk about this month here with a new signing
0: yeah because what makes it worse is now i'm seeing what other teams are doing and i'm watching and i'm watching with a very close eye like all right all right, Union, you know, whenever you want to jump into the mix and do something else, uh, you can do it. So looking at, there's so many teams that made roster moves within the last week or two, I would say. Mm-hmm. And it's it's quite crazy. I was actually putting it by team. And so we saw Columbus Crew coming off of a nice MLS Cup championship, uh, signed free agent Nicholas Hagan from the Israeli Premier League. Mm-hmm. So we made a made a move there and with that um going to be on a contract for the 2024 season and has club options through 2026 we also saw this is about over i would say like 10 to 15 teams mm-hmm. easily that have made some moves um say and i'm not going to read through every single one but maybe <laughs> i will st louis city uh signed norwegian defender Thomas Tomas Totland from Swedish top flight side. not a bad
1: place to get a center back.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> exactly. And listen, there's a common theme here, which is the main reason I want to read these. So um, you've got 27-year-old goalkeeper, Nicholas Hagen, who signed with the crew. You've got 24-year-old Tomas Totland, who signed with St. Louis City. Uh, Totland, who's had in, with Scandinavia alone. 14 goals, 19 assists, and 180 matches. We saw NYCFC re-sign or sign an extension for Kevin O'Toole, someone who I loved covering in college. Uh, Kevin O'Toole has now the extension through 2025, options for 2026, we saw Minnesota re-sign Will Trapp through the 2024 season. The 30-year-old uh, former U.S. international was uh, out of a contract, but is now back in one. Mm-hmm. And then we also saw the Red Bulls sign Edelman. Uh, so midfielder Daniel Edelman, who's a homegrown, has been uh, signed to a contract extension with them. Sure. I mean, the list goes on and on. Nashville signed Tyler Boyd through the 2026 season yeah. uh, with an option for 2027 Boyd coming from LA galaxy in exchange for two international roster spots, but also someone that we saw do a very fantastic job in his international career as and well. He was
1: Spicy too. I, I make hadn't some choice words after being sent to Nashville, I guess him and LA, he wanted to stay with the galaxy. Mm. They couldn't come into agreement and he said something along the lines. He just wants to be respected as a player. So, Typically, when you hear that, it's on the lines of okay, Galaxy threw a number. It was a little disrespectful. So I'm pissed. All
0: right. Yeah. I mean, listen, so with that move, um, and and you talk about money. He went in exchange for two roster spots and one hundred fifty thousand dollars in general allocation money was split halfway through the twenty twenty four and twenty five seasons. The Galaxy received up to six hundred twenty five thousand in conditional JM per season. You know, so money moves with that too. But more importantly for him, I think exactly as you're hitting on, it's a chance for him at. 29 years old um now to have an opportunity to play with a team like nashville where maybe he gets more of that respect but also is a part of a better club mm-hmm. um and with just his experiences alone having played with the galaxy but also his time in in new zealand and portugal in different spots you know he's in a point of his career where he knows what he wants yeah he knows what he's looking for
1: yeah and obviously uh for nashville looking to upgrade there at the winger at power boy coming off of a solid season so that's mm-hmm. a solid pickup for nashville you know uh, we talked about it earlier in the offseason about Nashville. That's a team that they need to fix the attack. On. Oh yeah, great defensive structure the past couple of years, but you need to score the you need to score the the, <laughs> uh, the ball. You need to get the good goals. And that's been the problem for Nashville. So hopefully, Boyd does help that out with that aspect there.
0: Yeah, I mean eight goals, five assists in thirty nine games. Uh, that was in his first season with, in the MLS. So not a bad start to MLS play. Um, I know Jose, welcome in. I see What's you in up, the Jose? chat talking about. The guy that the uh, that we saw go to St. Louis that the union were also interested in, that was the Norwegian defender. Um, and the American passport, you're saying, was a huge reason. Also leaves L.A. and those awful taxes, going to keep more of that money. Yeah, for sure. That's another thing that players have to look for. Taxes Especially are not MLS. cheap. Oh, gosh, yeah. You can't. Oh. Because they're not getting all that money. So much of it is going to taxes. And I know technically it comes back, <laughs> but it's not the same. Um, and then, of course... Two of the bigger ones that we saw, um, as you talk about LA, LAFC, and Inter-Miami, making some huge roster moves, Um, and we've talked about these many times, it's already happened, but Luis Suarez and uh, Inter-Miami, of course, with that reuniting, so the Barca gang is back together. So it's crazy to think about. Now you have Suarez, Messi. Barcelona. Um, yeah, it's, it's Barcelona through and through. You have already looking at this group where they had bought in Sergio Busquets and Jordi Alba, and now you just had Suarez to so that mix too.
1: <laughs> it, it is annoying. Uh, but I will, I will say this. Uh, I, the two signings I want to highlight here. I, the one thing that like makes the NBA so great is that all season and the drama that is filled with. We it. like the drama. We do. We do. We do as sports fans, whether you like to admit to it or not. But you know, with the with the MLS, we had nothing too crazy, but like a little bit of jalapeno poppers, as I would call it. Mm. So last week, you when you first off, glad that you're back. We on your day off. Evan did a great job. Uh, we we talked about it after, but there was a lot of people rumblings that Nico Lodero, former Seattle uh, number ten. He was following Inter Miami, a couple of different Inter Miami uh, profiles. He followed Messi, and everyone was like, "Oh, is he going Inter Miami?" And then the next day, he in, the, the announcement that he goes to the rival Orlando. <laughs> so I think that adds to that. I don't, what are they calling the Sunshine Derby down there? I don't know what they're calling it, but that Florida Derby. <laughs> that's that adds a little bit to it. And then your boy McCarthy, I Mac know. Daddy says. I'm going across town to play with LA Galaxy instead of LAFC. And I was like, okay, Mac, Daddy, He like had a
0: that. whole post. So I was like, oh, no, no.
1: <laughs> but I, I like that's a little spiciness, you know, mm-hmm. adding to it. This is what we need in our league here. You know, these signings, it, it is part of the entertainment of it all. So, It was it was a lot of fun seeing those too.
0: It was it was, and then Suarez turns around and was saying how happy he is and excited to take on this new challenge with Inter Miami. He's ready to work with the dream of winning more titles with this great club, and uh, he said he's looking looking to make that a reality. And as you mentioned, across the country with LAFC, uh, as soon as the news dropped, I saw John McCarthy posting on social media about it. His heartfelt goodbye. Then we saw all the news drop about Hugo Lloris being uh, that's right <laughs> added to LAFC, and with that becomes one of the lowest paid goalkeepers in the MLS. The contract is ridiculous three hundred fifty thousand that he's going to make at LAFC this year, and there are at least twenty six goalkeepers that are making more than three hundred fifty thousand in their pa- or made more, I should say, in this past season. So with that, Hugo, who's won. A world, a world cup who's been yep. in the finals, who's played Champions and, and finals. been with Tottenham and has had a historic, a number of caps with France, number of appearances, with Tottenham, the list goes on and on Two world cup finals that you appear in, of course, winning one. And for that, you get one of the most prolific goalkeepers, a huge name that is one of the lowest paid goalkeepers in the MLS where 26 goalkeepers made more than he did last season. That's insane. And it just had me thinking, I know Tyler and I were talking about before the show, because a lot of the the discussion for the union has been, they don't want to spend money. And because of that, they're not going to uh, be able to bring in a big name player. And that's why I wanted to read some of these roster moves that have happened. These are guys 24 and older. They've played in premier leagues. They've played in different European countries. They've played in World Cups and different, you know, big stages. And they're making a move in their career that's like, I know what I want and I'm going for it. Exactly as we were talking about with Tyler Boyd. And so to see $350,000, I know Jose is saying Blake is making 150% more than Hugo. You know, to see them be able to sign him, Tyler was like, listen, the union probably wouldn't be able to afford someone like that. And I'm going to let you talk to Tyler in a second. But just to set the stage, Just to paint the picture that I'm trying to paint. All this is to connect back. Why can't the union make anything like this happen? If money is the issue, LAFC found a way to make it work with Hugo. If it's that you don't want to bring in big names, there are so many teams. I just rattled off some, and there's some I didn't even get to. Some like Mm -hmm. uh, Sporting KC, DC United, that have also Vancouver, Orlando City, as you mentioned, Atlanta United. There are so many teams. Portland making a couple of moves that have been making some roster moves. And no, they're not bringing in messy but they're bringing in names that are guys that can step right in and help them out that are that are proven that are established that are veterans the union the union making me it just makes me wonder
1: i I guess the argument is here so like what are we trying to sign here like do we want those aging european players or we just want a player in general like do we just want a signing in general i i think that the the older european thing is interesting because Yes, yeah. who, are, who are the ones that are signing older uh, European players? It's the Miamis, it's the LAFCs. Yeah. But like New York is still, you know, it's a very popular market. I'm sure a lot of players who want to move there, but negotiating with those teams, it, it's literal hell. So it's a, it's an interesting dynamic, and, and that's something that we need to look and ask ourselves. like What, what does it truly take to sign these players? Is it truly money? Is it truly just the location that your team is in? Because the thing is, here in Philly, I, I, we don't know how much jay sugarman's really willing to dish out that yeah. that's like a whole mystery in itself but <laughs> philly is we talked about with Carranza, it's in the middle of two important cities in this country our capital and new york the capital of the world it's it's a solid place to live yep. this is a great sports city obviously uh subaru park is a beautiful grounds as well mm-hmm. so there are selling points but what is it truly taken that's like one of those moments where I would just love to be a fly in the wall in some of those negotiations.
0: That's that's really what it just had me thinking because I'm I'm looking at all these teams. Okay, you can make the the argument: Columbus Crew coming off of a championship, Orlando, in Miami. You're in Miami. You're in Florida, um, LASC. Okay, West Coast. But then you also have a mixture of you have a mixture of location, but you also have a mixture of where teams finished last year. Mm-hmm. You know, you mean to tell me that the Philadelphia Union don't have any draw in any sort of negotiations right. that. You can l- have somebody be interested. I won't say lure. That's kind of a bad connotation. But um, <laughs> encourage or or try to make somebody persuade. interested, right? And persuade them to come to the union. Like there's there's no interest of someone that you can lock in. That's going to be one of these guys. And I don't think the union need to have. You know, I'll use Messi's an extreme example, but even Suarez. Like they don't. I, I'm not expecting that, but. Ju- Someone, right. someone. I mean, there's, as you mentioned, there's the expectation that the union are going to be slower and they'll wait for a few more weeks. We'll start to see some more rumblings and things. But as I'm watching, I'm looking at, okay, how much are are these guys getting signed for? What is their age? What does their career look like? What Where have they played? And somewhere in here, the union should be able to lock in a player like this. Someone that you've heard of, someone that's been established already playing. And Tyler, I know like we talked about, the money factor for LAFC being able to afford someone like Hugo for 350,000 the union as you were mentioning probably can't get him for that money well and
2: that's the thing i don't want to make it sound like the union aren't going to spend 350k cuz that's like that's minuscule amount of money especially for a player at least of a nominal caliber i don't yeah. know what he's got left but nominally speaking you just signed an international star goalkeeper mm-hmm. what i'm saying is if it's 300 if the value is for the the market for him to sign in la or miami is 350 new york's probably five something for to get a player of that nominal ilk to sign in philly you're looking at a million plus he's not signing a cheap deal he and in Crazy. fact I, and jp and, and renee you guys can correct me if i'm wrong does a do you have to? Can a goalkeeper be signed to a DP contract?
1: I, I think we've uh, actually done that. Um, Bull, I think he was here in Philly. I think so he
2: was that, that's my question: signing. is like you're going to end up having to make him one of your your designated players because he's not going to make three hundred and fifty thousand dollars in Philly.
1: But the thing is, what's what's interesting about LAFC is that they did this similarly a couple years ago with Gareth Bale. They mm. got him on a minimal deal for a player who obviously turned out to be. An important piece of their championship season, yep. and it's just like, how are you getting this done? I get it, LAFC. It's LA, wow. Los Angeles. It's beautiful. why
0: can't the Union?
1: It's because <laughs> it's silly.
0: I mean, okay. I hate to say it.
1: We love the we but, we're, we love
2: living here, but that's the answer.
0: See, this is where it's not our job to do this, but I'm throwing this out as a hypothetical. Because it's the same thing across the board for all Philly sports teams. There is a draw to be here because Philly, the the union specifically, but same goes for any of the other teams in our city, are teams that are top of the conference, playoff, you know, playoff appearances, vying for a championship in the MLS Cup last year, winning the Supporters Shield a few years ago. There should be enough of a draw for the union. You can't tell me some of these other clubs have that same draw in terms of even being able to say, listen. We got to the MLS Cup last year. You know, we lost in PKs. We're right there. I'm just going to skip this past season. Let's just act as a free <laughs> coach. Schaefer. But even but even so, actually, you can still say, okay, two years ago, two seasons ago, we got to the MLS Cup. Right. This past season, you know, we still got to the playoffs. So we're, we're right there. We're missing a couple of pieces. You can come in, be the Gareth Bale of our team, and be that veteran that maybe we sign you to a one-year deal with club options or something like that. But we're going to bring in with the expectation of winning now, yeah. because this is a team that has the pieces. They have a lot of those players already that are the, the solid role players. Someone like Nate Harriel, Jack McGlynn, where they are just missing that true veteran game changer, whether it's a guy that's going to come in and start, or even just give you good minutes off the bench. Like I don't, I'm not even thinking that they they need someone to come in and score 25, 30 goals in a season, which would be nice too, but they could <laughs> use someone that's going to come in and be a contributor that's going to give good minutes and that's going to help raise the depth help yeah. raise the the flair the creativity and that's what you get i hate to always beat a, the same uh, drum over and over again but That's what you get with those veterans that you don't get with the young guys, where they're gonna have a little bit more of that confidence. They're gonna take some of those risks, they're gonna bring some of that extra flair. So you mix that with the homegrowns. I like the combination. I do too. One or two veterans. And as I'm watching these names, I'm like, where are the union?
1: (laughs) (laughs) No, it it is true. I think it's interesting to look at like kind of just like the American superstar athlete versus like the European superstar athlete, because like I think like Bryce Harper like broke it for Philly. Because Bryce Harper, when he signed with the Phillies, he's still one of the best, if not the best, player and in, in mm-hmm. his game. And he chose to play in Philly. And you hear some of the reasons of why he chose to play in Philly. Like, t- to Tyler's point, yeah, I mean, we love living here in Philly, but a lot of athletes in the United States see what playoff baseball looks like here yeah. in Philadelphia, see what playoff football looks like here in Philadelphia. Ooh. And that's a draw. Well, I know it's a touchy subject right now, but you guys <laughs> are getting the picture here. But like, you know, like Griezmann is the one that everyone is saying he's coming next. How does he actually see Philly? Like, does he see like in the Bryce Harper eyes or does he see like in the Lionel Messi eyes like what's Philadelphia? Like, I never heard of this. So like, it's how do we, I guess, how do we make it more of a draw? How do we make this more appealing besides what's on the pitch? Because obviously Mm -hmm. on the pitch, we're doing the damn thing, okay? So like, how do we lure off the pitch?
0: And for Orlando City to be able to bring in uh, Nico Ladero, as we're talking about, someone who's um, won the MLS Cup twice. He was a part of Seattle's first MLS team to win, become the first MLS team to win the CCL. He's got 60 caps to Uruguay. Like these are the types of guys that, as a free agent, it's a great pickup. Yeah, you know, um, looking even at the the Norway international center back, Gregerson, that Atlanta was able to agree to on a on a deal. It wasn't hasn't been officially finalized in terms of the, the details, but. They're nearing that deal. I would love, I just love what someone who's already won championships or has countless caps to their name has been playing at the hot, you know, at the, what their national team, the men's national team, not the youth national team has been already established (laughs) and playing, you know, in a a European league or even in the MLS for that matter.
1: To sum it up, like, because this is one thing I've always said that the union have always needed because if you look at all the past MLS Cup winners, the Mm -hmm. one thing that they have, just like you said, whether it be coming off the bench or as a starter, it's simple. Yep. It's a killer. That's, that's the type of player that this team could really use right now. Because, look, I, I mean, in that MLS Cup final, when we lost to LAFC, who stepped up big when it mattered the most? Gareth Bale, a mm-hmm. known killer. And mm-hmm. that's really what I do think even, that you need.
0: Even John McCarthy. <laughs> Johnny Mac, <yeah. laughs> But, I mean, you, you need to have – your reserves need to be able to raise the level. They can't be – Question marks like, yes, you can have some players and you should that are more development pieces, you know, they're going to take more time, you're going to sprinkle them in here and there where you can, but you need a bona fide starting 11. But then a next that next group of four or five guys that are competing for a starting spot, where on any given day, they can start. But if they're not starting, you know they're going to give you great minutes coming in. So now you don't have to overextend, guys. You don't have to have them out there, you know, game after game, especially with all the different tournaments and cups that are happening throughout the course of the season. Yeah. You can have that balance where you're not starting every single bit of that 52 games, but you have that opportunity that, okay, maybe this time you're coming off the bench we're going to have a different look. Then tactically it gives you a different look. Like there's so many benefits to having depth. And so the pieces that we're talking about are depth pieces that are veteran depth pieces in addition to what the homegrowns and the youth is going to bring.
1: Absolutely. And one thing you guys also need as well is Brooklyn bagels. Thank you to our sponsor, Brooklyn bagels. They are Brooklyn style bagels, but they are made in Philly with that Philly love, ladies and gentlemen. Do not worry. Huge bagels, biggest bagels in Philly. Uh, we have a very large variety, usually 15 to 20 different types to choose from daily. We have seasonal bagels as well. For instance, we had a Christmas flavored bagel and it mm-hmm. was on display for Christmas season as well. I'm sure they'll have something for St. Patty's Day and Valentine's Day, all our different holidays that are coming up as well. Largest cream cheese variety as well. 30 different flavors of cream cheese and schmears. <laughs> we have a seasons. We cater to various sports teams in Philly and Florida and whatever and wherever to expand. For instance, we do Eagles cream cheese and we'll do 76ers cream cheese as well. Maybe we'll get a Union cream cheese too, guys, if you ask nicely. <laughs> we did some Phillies promotional type stuff at, to, uh, in the fall when they're in the playoffs and we are an affordable brand. We got a lot of food for cheap, and in today's inflationary world, we think that's key. We've debated raising our prices, but we want to be in an everyday brand and some high-end place you can splurge on for the weekends. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much to bagel, Bagels & Co. Make sure you guys check out our many locations here in Philadelphia. And thanks again to Bagels & Co.
0: Yeah, we had a chance to try out their bagels at our live shows at Reading Terminal Market. They were, they're were they delicious. I actually had a pork roll and egg sandwich on the rainbow bagel afterwards, which was very good. So uh, make sure you guys check them out for sure. Jose, Will, everybody welcome in. Make sure you're hitting that thumbs up button. Make sure you're joining the conversation with us. I know, Jose, you're giving some great uh, information that you're dropping. Let me share some more information with you. And that's about our new sponsor mortgage CS. And I had a chance to actually sit down with Ben and Alec who are a part of mortgage CS and they do a great job of just being personable. It stands for Mortgage concierge, ser- concierge Service, Excuse me, and they are just great as an independent mortgage broker based right here in Philadelphia, but also very personable. They want you to be able to have access to them. You have 24-7 access. You can reach out to them anytime with a question. They're going to be here for you, whether it's just having conversations or planning or figuring out and uh, educating and empowering their clients is, are two of the big things that they focus on. And over at Mortgage CS, they also make sure that you're getting the best ultra com- some of the best ultra competitive rates. They can't guarantee you the best, but they're going to guarantee they're going to do their best to help you get one of the top and the, the best rates that fit you. So they compare rates between multiple lenders to find a deal that makes the most sense for you and for your family. And their top priority is your financial big picture. And I like that mortgage CS not only is helpful for you, but they want to make sure that when you hear the word mortgage, you think of mortgage CS, you think of Ben and Alec. So you can save Ben's telephone number even. (laughs) That's how personal they are. They want you to save Ben's telephone number, 267-391-7425. Save that to your phone. You can also email Ben at ben at mortgagecs.com. You can call, text, email any time of day, and Ben, day or night, is going to get back to you, even if you just want to talk Philly sports. So you can check out MortgageCS.com slash P-H-L-Y to get started. And honestly, as someone that's looking to buy a house very soon, I know we're kind of all in the same age spot right now, guys, in life. Mortgage CS really opened my eyes that they're going to really go the extra mile to make sure that process, which can be stressful and overwhelming, gets a lot less stressful with their help. So head on over to check out mortgage CS. Again, that's mortgage slash P H L Y. And they're awesome. Awesome people. We had a, I, we yeah. had a sports conversation. Like we were chatting for a while. Um, honestly, a, just getting to know them was so much fun.
1: That's important. It's, it's a stressful time. Mm-hmm. I, I went through that about almost two years now, so it, it is stressful. So mm-hmm. having a mortgage uh, broker that you can trust Super important. So definitely check them out, guys.
0: Definitely. All right. Well, now that we've had a chance to look at some of the recent signings that have happened to close out 2023 around the MLS, uh, it really had me taking a step back, uh, as we already were doing before, but taking a step back of what does all this mean for the union? You know, what are my expectations for them? Because obviously the goal is to improve. Mm-hmm. You know, there of are areas... For improvement for every team and for the union. When I look at last season and even the season before, there are some things that I feel like haven't gone in the right direction, you know, haven't improved in that sense. So, one, as we've clearly stated, uh, I'm interested to just see what they do in terms of roster moves. You know, we're still trying to figure out uh, what's going to happen. Of course, there's the details it's Kai Wagner, it's Ali Baduya. Um, obviously, that leads to needs in, in certain spots yeah. pos- positionally, but. You know, right now for the union outside of just some of those big glaring options, there's just the other things that need to change. Attacking, depth, you know, there's the list. There's the list. So I don't what would be the one thing if we're looking, I'm not a big resolution person, JP. <laughs> Believe it or not, for as like Hallmark channel and nostalgic <laughs> as I am, I actually do not like resolutions because I just think they're meant to be broken. People make these fluffy resolutions. I'm going to eat... I always use the salad example, so maybe I won't use that one again, but I'm going to go the to the gym. The the best one. The gym is the best one. I'm, I'm going to f- go to the gym six days a week, and I'm going to go twice on Fridays. Like, no, you're not. <laughs> and then you look at the gym, and by February, there's half as many people that were there in January. I hate so going to the gym I, right now. Yeah. Te- it's a terrible time because we, you get the fake workout people. We want to be real workout people. We want to make real aspirations and goals. So with that, for 2024, I'm going to let you go first. Okay. What are the, what's your expectations or the big need that you would like to see from the Philadelphia Union this year that changes from last year?
1: I mean, I think that the one thing, so when we hear Jim and Ernst talk about the offseason plan and just the outlook in 2024, do you hear them talking about going back to the drawing board and thinking outside the box? I think that's important because, mm-hmm. We've done kind of the similar things over the past, what, three four seasons and teams are clearly starting to figure us out. So I would like to see the union think outside the box, whether it be tactically or, you know, they've been so innovative, like even like mm. the throw ins, like bringing in a throw in coach, like no one in the MLS thinks about certain stuff like that, being able to be so dominant on set pieces like we have been as well. So those are different things that they talk about when thinking outside the box. And I want them to continue doing that. That's what made us so good at, over the past couple of years is having that kind of mentality. But I mean, uh, the obvious one is how are you, what's the depth going to look like? Yeah. Because I think the 11th is going to be strong. This 11 can still get you to Eastern conference, at least semifinals again, but what's going to get you over that hump is what that bench looks like. Now, Ali Badoya, I, I think in me personally, in my feeling, I think it's better. It's better shot that he comes back than he doesn't. Mm. So I think that could add a strong piece to your bench. Imagine Ali coming for thirty minutes when you need that extra oomph, and he comes in and he's yelling at you and being Ali Bedoya. I think that would be huge. There's a lot of moving pieces as well. We've heard Leon Flock. He's been rumored to Werder Bremen. We'll see what that moving piece turns out to be. Bullying mm-hmm. Caranza is someone we're going to have to keep an eye out for because he's been heavily linked to different teams in Europe. For sure. So that's one you're going to have to consider too. You're going to have to replace him. Uh, Jose Martinez, Jakob Glezes, you know they're always going to be in some type of rumor as well. So you're going to have to have these backup plans too. You're going to need to find a backup plan for Carranza. You need to find a backup plan Um before whoever whoever does leave Leon flock so I think the Union depth has to be the most important part I know we all want to see them make that big signing and I do would love to see that as well But I think more importantly the depth was the big bigger problem yeah. this past year You know when when gazag and Carranza are dead like who's coming off the bench? It was really no one else. So that's me is the most important part Oof. figuring out the depth and the rotation because yes, there's gonna be more soccer again in 2024 and you can't have these same excuses again because you knew it was coming
0: and that's it i know jillian in the chat is saying the same oh, thing jillian. about rotating the lineup being so important just because you're going to be missing players at exactly. their times and uh happy new year by the way to jillian will jose to everybody i feel rude now i didn't say that <laughs> well i've been saying it several times but i didn't say it directly to you um to all you guys that are tuning in happy new year hit that thumbs up button make sure you uh Join the conversation, in the chat. I agree. You need to have the depth. You need to be prepared because last season we heard every team saying this has been a long season. Our guys are tired. We've got heavy legs. No one's 100% at this point in the season, but you can't continue that next season as well. You can't continue having the same excuse almost of the, the amount of games that you're playing because you know it exactly as you mentioned going into this this year, you know what to expect. So now how do you pivot and adjust? So I'm actually going to start very basic with one thing I'd like to see happen in 2024. I want to see the union having fun on the field That's a and not point. in the fun in the sense of like they're goofing off, but fun when you are as a player just enjoying it. You've got a smile. You're trying. You're being creative. You're trying different things. Sometimes it doesn't work out, but you're like, you know, what? Ah, next time, next time, man. That's summer. And you just see they're clicking the chemistries there, the way they're, you know, moving and, and working hard as a unit and getting up the field and down the field but it felt like at times like a chore. It felt like at times like the union were just going through the motions Mm -hmm. and robotic. And you cannot play that way. That's what makes you predictable. That's what makes you start to have lulls where you drop off. So personally, I think the union had to start at the base core of have fun. I know you're playing so many games, but if you're going into each game and you're just enjoying it, Now, as the longevity of the season wears on you, it's like, ah, we got this. But that helps if you have depth. That helps if you have creativity. That helps if you have those attacking pieces. So it's not all on one or two guys to try to score or just on set pieces to try to score. So it's having fun. But then I echo your thoughts. They need to figure out ways to add more of an unpredictable, dynamic look to to their play. And I've said Columbus many, many times, but they did go on to win the championship. So clearly, you when I was to. comparing, look at them. clearly when I was comparing the Union to what I would like to have seen, and I was talking about the Columbus Crew, should have been listening. But a team like the Crew this past season, one thing that they had that you saw consistently, another key, was just the way they every play looked different. It wasn't the same attacking mentality over and over again. You can literally go into a game and you know exactly what the Union are going to do. Every time. You didn't know that from Columbus. Yeah. They're making different runs. They're trying different combinations. They're trying, you know, sometimes it's at piece, Sometimes it's a service. Sometimes it's breaking you down 1v1. Sometimes it's combining with a wall pass around defenders or a two-man, three-man, four-man combination. Just mixing it up. Sometimes it was, we're going to play, everyone's playing one and two touches, <laughs> and we're keeping the ball moving. So I just want to see that from the union. As you're having fun, that should help the creativity that it becomes more like just, we're just, Guys out here playing, yeah. trying to, just trying to put the ball in the back of the net. Like, we're not feeling like this is work. We're not feeling like this is game number 377. This is just one game, one day to have fun doing what we love doing.
1: I mean, even like at the end of the year, like we were just saying like the union feel like the Sixers, all oh that drama that we were going through <laughs> day in and day out, Instagram stories. And that takes
0: away from your fun.
1: Literally, like, and players don't want to answer questions about other players' contract situations. Like, that's just the worst. They want to worry about on the pitch and when they were dropping six goals every game That's i, cool. I feel, it feels like everyone was smiling like mm-hmm. everyone's got this huge smile everyone's hugging and every it, it just feels more fun subaru park felt like a party every single night not that it didn't this year but it everything just worked well right. in that year and I, i'm glad that you brought up columbus because look I think what worked well for the crew, especially for Nancy in his first year, they put, they gave Nancy the players he needed for mm-hmm. his philosophy. I don't know if Jim and Ernst have the right players per se here. Yeah. Like, you know, the be- the best example is Joaquin Torres, and we're going to still try to figure out a way to fit him in there, but I just don't think he fits in here. I- I'm, yeah. I'm sorry. So I, they... Philosophy is important. We, we talked about the 2020 year with Kevin Kincaid when he was here. Mm-hmm. That team worked perfectly for what they were trying to do and they're gonna they need to f- find those pieces again that fit well. you know I, I love when when you know for with Columbus and the crew. They those guys were not scared. They Will Fernandes always predicates on taking those yep. chances, and that's why you saw different guys stepping up. That's why you saw different things because everybody was contributing. Even those three center backs yeah. we talk about, we don't like three three in the back, but Will Fernandes trusts those guys to to move up in in the attack as well. So philosophy is important. Sticking to that and finding those pieces that fit in it as well. Super important. They got to figure that out Mm
0: though. Oh, without a doubt, without a doubt. And as Jose is saying, yes, exactly. We don't know the future for, for Kai and Ali, because yes, it is January, which means they are officially off the books, but that's where you have to looking ahead. Okay. What, what is being talked about behind the scenes? Obviously, we're not there. We don't know. We don't speaking, know at all. Speaking but. of Kai,
1: he's been flirting heavy with the he's been putting all these pictures on his stories, all in union gear. Like mm. he's making it known. He would like to be here, but you know, Or it's is stuff. that goodbye. Oh, that's true. It's it's just <laughs> that a, like
0: it's been nice. Let me post all these pictures and all this stuff now because I'm not gonna post anymore. It's Once just, it's just
1: tough because like, I mean, you know, when Europe's calling, like it's hard to say,
0: yeah. no. even yeah. like,
1: even out as good as it was here in Philly, like it's, it's tough to say no to Europe.
0: I guess, but <laughs> I mean, listen, it, it just boils down to, you have to figure out, as you talk about a way to get guys bought in too, you know, for the entire part of the season, uh, as long as it is to be bought in. And this last group, it felt like since 2020, if we want to start back then, it felt like every year you're losing big name players, but you're not replacing them. And you're asking more from guys that really... So sometimes in sports, I feel like part of the reason why a team is not maybe as successful as they should be is because you have guys in the wrong roles. So someone that's a starter for you, giving you 90 minutes, really should be a reserve player. Someone that's, you know, you're relying on to try to score really should be like your number three or four option. And I do feel like at times... If seems as though the union were asking more of from guys that they just don't have Joaquin Torres is one um some did step up Nate Harrell great example but others you felt like this is all they've got they've reached their peak they can't really give you much more um whether it's you know someone like Rial or Mbaizo or even Ali just because of where he is at physically in his career like what you got from Ali this past season that is it you know, he's not gonna, he's not aging in reverse. Yeah um, he's not Benjamin Button as much as we all like to pretend that we are. And and father time is catching up to him. So he's at his max of he's gonna give you whatever team he's on, whatever the future holds for him. He's gonna be a guy that's gonna be a leader, a captain, but should be giving you less minutes, whether it's as a starter or off the bench, he shouldn't be your 90 minute player. I agree. So I think that right now it's a matter of not only the personnel. But also looking at taking a hard look at the roles that these players, Julian Carranza, Daniel Gazdag, are you the number one guy? Are you should you be more of the number two, three scorer? I don't know. I don't know. So I just felt like with every year, we kind of we kind of saw a little bit of a back step because it was never re- fully replacing. But it was trying to piecemeal it together. So that's why I'm all for find a way to make a move. That brings in some veterans. You don't have to have one big signing, but I love like three or four quality pieces that you can have come in that can be competing for starting spots, giving you great minutes. That's all. That's all I ask for. Absolutely. That's all I want in 2024.
1: And what I'm asking for, guys, is less stressful moments when buying tickets. And we got that for you here with the Game Time app, ladies and gentlemen. Shouts out to Game Time for being our sponsor here today. Buying tickets isn't stressful anymore. Not not only for sporting events, concerts, and all the different types of events, Game Time has you hooked up, guys. It's a free app, so make sure you guys download the Game Time app right on your Play Store or Apple store app store. And of course, ladies and gentlemen, we got you covered as well with the promo code. So head on over to the game, Sixers Flyers right now, Eagles as well in season. Head on over to the game, tailgate a little bit, and right before the game, find the best deal and use the Game Time app. And with your first purchase, use the promo code PHLY for $20 off your first purchase. That's right, $20 off. Use the promo code PHLY off your first purchase. So make sure you guys download the GameTime app, use the promo code, and thank you to our sponsor here today, the Game Time app.
3: We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed.
0: All right. Well, something else that I saw that I was pretty intrigued by, um, it was a nice piece that was written, and it was on Goal.com. It was uh, Ryan Tolmich who actually put this piece together, and I, it kind of got me thinking a little bit. So in this piece, Ryan was talking about the U.S. soccer winners and losers for 2023. Okay. So people that in this past year across U.S. soccer, whether it's in the NWSL, MLS, World, you know, U.S. women's national team, men's national team, playing internationally, doesn't matter. Any U.S. soccer player or team and who won and who lost. Now, across the list, some of the winners were like the MLS, for example, for signing and bringing over Messi. Major. <laughs> um, also, the U.S. women's national team, the use of the U.S. women's national team, because although they did not reach the expectations that many had for them in the World Cup, but like it was a good turning point for their youngsters to have a chance to see what that's like. And we started to see the change, especially in their last friendlies of the next generation of youth and players that are coming in that are really replacing some of those that he considered the losers in like a Megan Rapino who ended her career with a torn Achilles and Alex Morgan, who seems like she's on the decline. Weston McKinney was a winner. Oh. Uh, yeah. And then a couple and Pulisic was, was one as well. One of the losers though. Our very own, or very own former, as we talk about, uh, guys that are no longer here with the union that were not replaced, Brendan Aronson. And I was like, ah, oh, dang it. So Brendan Aronson was listed as one of the losers for 2023 because of his time with Leeds and how that did not go as planned, to say That's the bad. least. <laughs> um, oh, God. And I know even uh, ex-Leeds United boss Jesse Marsh did come out and say like he felt like he let down the the united states players like brendan tyler adams another one who was actually listed as a loser um well i'm just saying loser because that's what the article says just to (laughs) clarify um brendan aronson and tyler adams specifically the two that he highlighted he's like he was like i brought these guys over with this plans for the few these plans for the club to take a step and you know i didn't feel like i fully ever had a chance to see that process through and and really instill my vision on the club and with that of course you saw brendan aronson you know wasn't able to score goals, wasn't able to get assists, but then wasn't even able to really see the field. And minute his minutes started to dwindle. And so overall, um, the team itself flopped, did not have a great season, and he did not have a great season. And I was kind of like, dang it, Brendan, we miss you. And I, I hate to see that. I hate to see that because Brendan Arrington would not still be with the Union, but, you know, once he made, whenever somebody leaves, you want them to kind of go on and do better and continue to improve. And he did not
1: it's 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 so weird and so it's tough for like these young kids who go over especially like american kids to go over yeah. and succeed in europe i mean uh georgi Mihaljevic, who was with montreal gets signed by uh, az um he's looks like he's on his way back he's rumored to go to back uh, back to the MLS with the red bull it's just so hard cuz it's just a different world you're across you're across the pond you're not mm-hmm. with your family it's different culture you know for brennan he had to learn Uh, at German um, when he he arrived there as well. Now he's with Union Berlin struggling too. So for Brennan, I I don't know. I haven't been able to fully watch Leeds or Union Berlin. Uh, I know it's difficult. I know one thing I said after that 2019 season with Brennan and when he was with Philly physicality is going to catch up to him. And that next year he did bulk up a little bit and it it seemed like it wasn't an issue, but now that he's playing in bigger leagues like the premier league and Bundesliga, Mm -hmm. it's starting to catch up with him in just a little bit. And, you know, obviously we're rooting for him. He's our guy. He, he's kind of, right now. He, he's 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 holding he's holding a torch for the the youth academy right now because yeah. he's the the player that went the furthest. So we're rooting for him. But obviously, I, I don't know what he need. What, what can help? Because he needs some type That's of reset. That's the tough part. Where does he go? Like, does and he come back? Like.
0: So, looking at this past year, Leeds, as you talk about Union Berlin, um, just moving around throughout the course of the season, they were trying to figure out a way to, to, to get him going. You know, uh, the Bundesliga did not work out. Um, overall, he was getting knocked around. He physically could not keep up. And then to see his minutes, again, he played 21 minutes in um, in, in the game and then was and then pulled. Like, he's unable to even stay on the field. And so... Brendan Aaronson, to me, I think needs to go back to the MLS. I mean, he's 23 years old. He still has a lot of his career left if he if he can make a change now. Because trying to play in Champions League, Bundesliga, as you mentioned, if you can't keep up, there people te- teams are not going to continue taking a chance on you. You know, at first it was you're young, we can develop you, we can try to get you to bulk up. At this point, I think he has to figure out where can I – get the confidence back, get, get developing. You need to play somewhere. And development's not just playing in the games, but that of course helps. You yeah. don't want to be, and now you're across the country, across the world in a whole different country and you're not playing. So it's like, why am I here? Yeah. I'm here to be, play 20 minutes or or play not play at all. And you're away from everyone and everything you know. And so that has to be frustrating. So I think it'd be great for him to reset, have a chance to get back in, in familiar territory, be able to be around his former teammates and friends and play it on a club that allows him to get back and reset. And then, you know what? Maybe three years from now, four years from now, he decides he's going to go back internationally again. I don't know. But actually like point. right now, if I'm Brendan Aronson, I need to figure out, okay, for the sake of my career, where can I go that I'm going to be able to play? And in the MLS, there are definitely teams, the union, that would <laughs> love to have him. And he would be able to be a big part and still be challenged. He wouldn't come to the MLS and dominate mm-hmm. or anything. But I think between the U.S. men's national team, the MLS, if he can get on track, that would go such a long way to give him options yeah. and get his career reset.
1: It sounds like he does, He has been playing well for the U.S. men's national team. Yes. The club play it has been tough and. Of course uh this past weekend we got uh from the Riviera Pizza Instagram account in Metford New Jersey shouts to South Jersey
0: mm-hmm. uh, we
1: had a little bit of a, a homegrown uh, reunion here so I love this. we had Fontana Matt Rial Jack McGlynn both Aronson brothers um we had Quinn Sullivan in here the new signing Perriano Periano as well was all we're all in this dinner it was good to see some old union players some new love union it. players all just together and what this youth academy has kind of created—it's—it's—it's it's, it's a brotherhood, and it's—and it's, and it's growing obviously as well. Um, but to see pictures like this, it is really dope. Uh, it's also really funny to see as well that you know some of these online bloggers, <laughs> you know, starting little rumors. You know, Bax and Aaronson to Red Bull Salzburg because yeah. he's wearing Brendan's jacket. But it—you know—it's—it's it's good seeing Brendan back. I don't know what's the future for him in Europe. But maybe yeah, going going coming back to Philly would obviously put a big smile on all their faces. Yeah, you know it does seem like he, it does seem like the, an MLS move may help him get those minutes, and then like you said, yes, maybe eventually go back to to Europe. But right now, he needs some type of hard reset uh, because these places, especially these clubs that he's going to, it's just not great situations. Like Union Berlin as a whole, they mm-hmm. took a step back. Like they made Champions League this year. That's something that I don't think they've ever done. And then this year they, they're they just took a step back as a whole. So it's been tough for him. I feel it for it
0: has. I love that that moment for the holiday season, to yeah. have a chance of like the old and the current union players. And as you talk about that brotherhood to just reunite, these are guys that grew up together and family literally or through soccer. Uh so I that was such a cool moment. And you know, I would just remind you, every once in a while these guys also need they're human too, so they also need to reset and be around some familiar faces. So Brendan, if you want more of those familiar faces, you know where you can find them. Just saying.
1: <laughs> I'm back to Subaru Park. Man. We'll give you that 10 again, too.
0: Yeah. Yeah, sure. <laughs> sure. But I mean, I again, these are the types of things. Had they reached out to Brendan? I don't know. I don't know. But I am very curious about curious what, what he's converse. Yeah. What's, what's on his
1: mind? Like, how's he feeling about his career? What does he want to do? I'm sure. He wants to stay in Europe. But like, you also have to think smart here
0: you are at, at 23, those early, you know, early twenties in general, you are still, you have so much to look forward to. You want to enjoy it. So, I mean, I just, I wonder how happy can he really be if you're moving from club to club, you're not playing. And unfortunately the trajectory of how everything's going, if he's to stay in the current situation um, and continue playing internationally, how does it improve in early 2024? Let's go play. You know, or by summertime, are you moving again? Yeah. So I just think go somewhere that you can play and flourish because that's more important, in my opinion, for your development than to go somewhere else where you're a bench warmer.
1: Yeah, I mean, Mark McKenzie's been playing really well for again. Yeah. He's Been he's been uh, I think a regular starter over there. Uh, there was a cool video um, after a win. He goes out to like the supporters group and they they leads the chant like <laughs> he's loving life out there in Belgium. And so hopefully we, you know. As we get more players in this youth academy and hopefully sell them off, you know, Jack McGlynn might be the next one. We'll wait and see.
0: Mm. But hopefully
1: that we get more players producing in Europe, eventually go on to Premier League, Bundesliga, whatever it may be, those top four leagues. But, yeah, for Brendan, the future is not looking so bright right now. Not like it was maybe a year or two ago. We're we're pulling for you, Brendan. We're pulling for you. No worries, brother.
0: No, and you know where else the future's not looking bright? Uh, That's for Wayne Rooney. So (laughs) I'm glad you brought this up because uh, we do have time to chat about it briefly. So 15 is the magic number, guys. 15 games that the legendary Wayne Rooney uh, had a chance to be in the position as the manager of Birmingham, second-tier club Birmingham. And after 15 games, he was... Fired. Axed. Now, uh, he only had two wins since being appointed in October. Uh, Birmingham was sixth in the championship when he started and dropped to 20th and the club wasted no time at all making a, a move. Now I kind of think I applaud them. Um, I know they came out with a state, their usual statement, uh, their first team coach, Carl Robinson said, you know, we parted company with manager Wayne Rooney and, um, I'm sorry, part of company with manager Wayne Rooney and first team coach Carl Robinson. Carl did not say that. He was part of the firing. Mm -hmm. And so the club was saying, you know, despite their best efforts, results have not met the expectations that were made clear at the outset. And therefore, the board felt a change in management was in the best interest of the football club. So Wayne Rooney, Carl Robinson, out of here. Surprised?
1: Are we ready to (laughs) admit that he's not a good coach?
0: You don't have to be. A great player, being a great player doesn't make you a time. good coach.
1: I think Wayne Gretzky, and vice versa. yeah, Wayne Gretzky, obviously everyone knows is the GOAT of hockey, is what was one of the worst coaches ever in the yeah. NHL. So, like, I, 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 I agree. Just because you were a great player, it doesn't always result into good coaching. And I think the problem is, is that these guys obviously have that mindset, they, they want to be the best. Mm-hmm. But when you're a coach, you have to understand not everyone has that mindset, and it's your exactly. job to mesh it all together. And it just doesn't feel like Wayne got that. Now, obviously, we can only go by the D.C. experience because we saw that closely here in Philadelphia. Yeah. And when I saw D.C. here, it was weird because, like, look, I, there's different managing styles, and I'm not going to criticize that, but Jim on the other side is standing up, so in tune of what's going on. <laughs> and you know what Wayne Rooney's on the other side? He's just sitting back, legs crossed, and, and it's like, dude, like, are you going to, like – do an adjustment or something? You're <laughs> losing right now? Like, it was just really weird. So, you know, and then DC go has and, and it looks like they're going to sign uh, Troy Lazine, who just got, well, not fired, but the Red Bull didn't pick him up. Right. He was the intern for the Red Bull. So he gets a good, sh- a clear shot here with DC now. So, but it was funny because the departure from DC, it was Dwayne wanted more money to spend from DC and they weren't going to give it to him. Mm-hmm. And so he decided to go back to England. And it's just funny after 15 games. He gets the axe again, so that's that's a tough part too. I don't know if you saw the Kelsey documentary, but like the tough part yeah. of when you retire is like, what's next?
0: Yeah, after yep.
1: for so long, like since you were a kid, you're playing the sport competitively, and now it's done. Like, what do you do? And Wayne, right now, it seems like he might be in that crossroads. Like, what do I do now? Like, I don't play soccer anymore. What do I do? Like, who
0: am I? What do right? I do?
1: That's a tough thing.
0: Yeah, it is. I mean, it was a whole eighty-three days. Uh, that Wayne Rooney was there. And, of course, he had he had signed a three-and-a-half-year contract Jeez. back on October 11th. And as the new year rolls around, new year, new management. Um, but for Wayne Rooney, he did make a statement. I would like to thank Tom Wagner, Tom Brady, because Tom is a, minor, a minority owner, oh, okay. and Gary Cook for the opportunity to manage <laughs> Birmingham City FC and the support they gave me during my short period with the club. You know, he said football is a results business, and I recognize they have not been at the level that I wanted them to be. So he said the politically correct things. But at the end of the day, it is the reminder that being a great player does not make you a great coach for a number of reasons. Amen. And even for being in the front office, too, because mm-hmm. honestly, I feel like a lot of times you struggle to sympathize and empathize with what's the perspective of various players, maybe because you only are used to things as a great as a legend So that's why I kind of like that Tom Brady's been on the the front office owner side as a minority owner for different teams and involved in, honestly, so many different teams that he has ownership stake. Because now you can can be kind of the David Beckham, Tom Brady, Michael Jordan, Jordan, was it for a little while, Uh, the guy (laughs) or the face, because it could be a woman too, the face of a team that's just helping to be great for PR, be great for encouraging players to want to come to your club, knowing, oh, I've got... Wayne Rooney that's in the front office, but making management and coaching decisions is very difficult because what happens when that guy's not playing as well and you have to empathize with them and be able to encourage them to play better. And you've never really had that issue of being a a guy that's coming off the bench or someone that's not getting playing time. I just feel like that perspective is tough. That's why typically goalies make really good coaches and center backs.
1: Yeah because yeah. they're used to
0: they're used to just seeing the game in a different way and no matter how good you are as a goalie or a center back specifically you don't usually get the same type of accolades and you know, fanfare that a goal scorer may get. So I'm not saying all the time, cause there's always an, an exception to every, every rule, but typically like a goal scoring legend, someone like Messi would probably not be a good coach. For example, That'd be to see. Ronaldo, there, not no, a good coach.
1: <laughs> no, 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 no. Has
0: there ever no been way. a
1: good like former forward that became a good coach?
0: I would have to look into that, but not that I can think of. I don't think on the so men or women side, to right. be honest, because I'll even go. I couldn't see like a Carly Lloyd, Abby Wambach, being a, a great head coach.
1: I guess because like that position, you have to be a little
0: selfish. You do, and you, you do. Ha- and you just don't. You're so used to things. Like, I'm not gonna lie, I struggle with this as a coach too, and I'm not nearly on that level, but. <laughs> It's hard because you're so used to having control, I think is one of the biggest things like as an attacking midi or even a forward, someone that's used to having the game flow through you when you're on the sideline, you are helpless. Mm -hmm. You physically are clearly unable to help make an impact on the game. So it's hard to be able to instill that coaching and that encouragement and development and pull the best out of players because it's a whole different perspective. So, I don't even know. I had like, maybe we'll look into that and see if we can find a coach that used to be a goal scoring uh, type of, you know, top player. And honestly, in any league, not even just in soccer, in any sport, I should say, it might be hard to find that GOAT that turns out to be a GOAT coach. Yeah,
2: I'm trying (laughs) to, I'm just trying to do a quick search for you guys. And and, and one of the big names that keeps coming up, not a goal scorer, it was a defensive midi, but like the big name played for Barcelona, became a coach for years was Pep.
0: But like right. not a goal scorer. He sco- was a defensive minute. Not exactly. a goal scorer.
1: He was like an average player too, I think, in his in his game and when he played. But it's funny because, you know, the in football, they always say backup quarterbacks make the greatest mm-hmm. head coaches. Yep. And it's it's interesting, like when you're in that position, seeing the game from a different lens, it it just turns out to I mean, be. I mean, a good there's coach there's
2: him. a reason Josh McCown is already getting like, do you want to be a head coach? Yep. As opposed to like yep. work your way up.
0: That's a good point. And like you mentioned, um, typically it is more of those defensive minded, you know, uh, a box to box mid, a defensive mid, a center back, a goalie, because they typically are more team first. I hate to say it. It's a whole different personality to be the one that handles the pressure of games on the line. I want the ball games on the line. I'm going to score the goal games on the line. I'm going to make the the big pass or the big catch. Like, I don't know, quarterbacks, wide receivers, goal scorers. Um, you know, top NBA players or WME players. I really can't think off the top of my head of players that were in the conversation of greats of all time that ended up being great coaches. You had Mm -hmm. someone like a Magic Johnson, Mm -hmm. but Magic's better at being more of that front office personnel. Yeah. You know, where they can have the limelight and pick and choose when they want to be schmoozing versus having to make a lot of those tougher decisions. Ah
1: the hottest the hottest manager candidate right now. Is, was a former center defensive midfielder, Xavi Alonso. He's done a fantastic job at Bayern Leverkusen, who are knocking on the door winning Bundesliga, which we mm-hmm. all know it's going to be Bayern Munich. Let's be real. But like he's getting, like he's getting looks for Real Madrid. Like and he, he, like I said, central defensive midfielder. And it's it's interesting, like how these different positions kind of translate into coaching. Yeah, Terry, yeah. Terry Henry, Frank Lampard, I Steven Gerrard. These are guys who are seeing kind of seeing the exit door at their coaching
0: career. <laughs> For sure. I know we have a question from Travman uh it's thoughts about man. Kai Wagner wearing union gear and training in union gear and if you want him back for the union next year. I know you touched on the pictures that Travman is referring to. Yeah. Um Travman hello. <laughs> oh good lord chat. Um I know. Travman hello and happy new year to you as well. Listen, when you look at Kai Wagner's future, uh personally I'm okay with him going to a different club. Yeah. You know, after the comments that were said and the the incident that happened, the racial incident that happened, I definitely think I want to move on from Kai and go in a different direction. And, and honestly, what makes it to me an easier decision is I think the union need to change some personnel in general. I agree. Like I think it's time for some new voices. I think it's time for some new main fixtures um, and pieces that you have. So I think Kai Wagner, to me, I, I wanted him back. And was pushing for him to come back. But with the comments, it makes me wonder how many people might be in this locker room. And I'm just saying, I'm just throwing out there that maybe aren't bought in team first selfless types of guys. I'm not saying there might. I don't know, actually, there might be like we I was surprised by Kai Wagner's comments. I didn't expect that. And so it makes me wonder, maybe we don't really know as much about the team in terms of their personnel, their character. As we thought we did. Mm-hmm. And when I look back now, I will say personally, I haven't been around the union as nearly as close as I was a couple years ago when I was down at Subaru and at games and whatever else. That was that was my chance to see them a lot more up close and personal. So that's partly just because of where my how my role and my job has changed. But I would say, like, it makes me wonder who else in that locker room is is not does not have the right outlook personality yeah. because you kind of, it, that makes sense to me. That translates to the field. So Kai can, can, can walk.
1: I mean, it's just cause we talked about before, like this team has always been in the forefront to towards mm-hmm. social issues. We saw what happened in Moss back tournament. And so I would have to imagine like that can't like, it's, it's gotta be harder to like accept someone back after thing. what just happened. But I, I think Renee, what's going to help with Kai not coming back. What if you don't want him back is I think the interest from other European clubs is going to be the reason why he yeah. doesn't come back. Get here. something,
0: yeah, uh, yeah.
1: He—it's his dream. It's it's mostly every soccer player's dream is at least play in Europe, and he hasn't really gotten that clear chance mm-hmm. to play in Europe. And so, I think whatever opportunity comes from any European club, he's going to take it. And I think that that's going to end the 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 era of Kai Wagner here in Philly.
0: I think so. I think so. Get someone else. Get some new faces. Get some new personnel that you can have in the roster. Time for some changes to the union. Um, and for you guys in the chat, thanks so much for tuning in. Make sure you're always giving the positivity, please. And don't be too inappropriate. You know who I'm talking to, Santiago. Let's make sure we're having fun talking about the union because uh, we've got nothing but time these next few weeks <laughs> to really be able to weigh in. We're going to continue deep diving our predictions, our thoughts, our, you know, following what the team is doing, following what's happening around the league and also just around soccer in general. Oh, yeah. And there's so much more that we'll be able to unpack here on the show. So thank you guys for tuning in. Make sure you're hitting that thumbs up. Make sure you're commenting appropriately. Make sure you're joining the chat uh, to, to continue weighing in on questions and things like that you have for us here at PHLY Union Podcast. So with that, uh, more to come on Thursday. We'll be yeah. live again, 3.30, back here, and having uh, some more topics. I'm going to actually look into this coaching thing. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm interested now. So That's I think we're let's expand on that a little bit. We've got okay. some other topics to hit on as well, but we'll be talking more about that transition from legendary player to becoming even just a solid coach. We'll see. So give us a follow, subscribe, like, comment, and have a great rest of your Tuesday. Thursday will be our first episode on a Thursday of
3: <laughs> 2024.
0: I had to do one more time before we leave. I had to do one more time before we leave because every, everything is the first, guys. That's it's right. All the firsts. This is the first time that we've had.
1: <laughs> we don't do New Year's so resolutions, back but we in 2024, do first.
0: We haven't been on a show together since last year. It's been so long. And here we are, guys. Here we are. <laughs> so truly have a great rest of your Tuesday, and we appreciate you guys so much. For Tyler, JP, myself, Renee, have a fantastic day. We'll see you back here at Thursday, 3.30, live for more PHLY Union Podcast.
1: all like the mayor.